Hey, everybody. With the Consumer Technology Association, I'm Tyler Suters. We are the owners and producers of CES, the most influential tech event on the planet. We are here to get you CES ready. The show is January 8th through the 11th, 2019 in Las Vegas. And today we're talking about one particular portion of the show, a relatively new section as well. It's called Design and Source. This is the place for innovators, entrepreneurs, and even larger companies to find partners to help you with product design, with sourcing, with creating product-to-market strategies all in one location. And our guests today, well, they run the gamut in terms of size and influence. First of all, a global company you know, Alibaba.com. This is a company with buyers from more than 190 countries and regions around the world talking about what goes into smart design and smart sourcing. And then we're also talking to an American design expert who's out of New York City, who's discussing exactly the importance of design in tech products and some about the balanced relationship between designers and engineers. That's all coming up on this edition of CES Tech Talk. With us now is Alan Chachanov. He is partner at Core 77, and we'll talk about exactly what Core 77 is in just a moment. Uh, Alan is also the chair of the Masters in Fine Arts program in Products of Design at the School of Visual Arts in New York. A true globetrotter, Alan. Glad we could pin you down and find some time to connect today. Thanks. I'm thrilled to be here. As promised, Core 77. Um, I can give a brief boiler, right, in that you are a gathering point for designers and design enthusiasts um, across, the, across the spectrum of expertise. In your words, though, what purpose and, and what role does Core 77 play for this community? Uh, well, a very long-time and trusted role. Uh, Core 77 was actually the very first um, design website of any kind, uh, founded uh, by my partners, Stu Constantine and Eric Ludlam, back in 1995. Um, it started out as a master's thesis project uh, and then was incubated uh, at the university, the college where they went to, Pratt Institute in Brooklyn, um, and grew from there. And as the internet exploded and the, you know, the appreciation and consciousness around design exploded, um, the site just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so where it was really a resource uh, and advocacy for design, um, it now um, has a design conference, an annual design uh, awards competition, uh, a job board and portfolio site that are just massive. So really making design connections between people looking for designers and designers looking for really creative work. Um, so it's coming up on, you know, be 25 years in a couple, couple of years, which is remarkable. There aren't a lot of things on the internet that have lasted that long. I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> yeah. Or the internet itself. Right. Um, no, I, yeah. when you it's look at the, a lot. when you look at core 77 scope, Alan, I mean, you, you have competitions and lectures, parties, exhibits, a long list of, of, of gathering points, touch points for those enthusiasts. Um, is this a, a dedicated community that you see, the design community, um, one that um, you know, shares a passion, that, that, that is just inherent? It's not like you stumble your way into it to some degree. It seems that this is something that's almost inherent in terms of the passion you feel for it. Yeah, that's perfectly put. The other thing is, like, designers are typically optimists, so it's a very <laughs> forward-looking group of People, designers think that they, you know, to put it a little bit slyly, they think that they know better, right? You mm -hmm. can come to them with a design challenge 
whether it's to design, you know, a new toothbrush or a new way of finding, you know, your way through a hospital emergency room. Um, and typically designers will say yes. Um, and typically they'll come up with something that actually is better. Um, so it's a, it's a bizarre profession. It's kind of like inventor school or inventor world uh, that you actually get paid for. Um, and it has a repeatable, predictable process um, around research, around prototyping, around iteration, mm -hmm. around testing, and mm -hmm. ultimately to manufacture and then, you know, scaling something out and getting it into the real world. Um, but it is a repeatable process. It is very strategic um, versus simply aesthetic. Um, and, and more and more design is coming in in the earliest um, framing of any kind of challenge versus, you know, at the end, which is like now make it look good or make it manufacturable <laughs> or make it desirable. Um, so it's a it's a really an amazing time for design. Mm -hmm. Of course, 77's beating heart is around industrial design, which is a term that, you know, most people actually don't know. But product design, the design of actual things. Um, but certainly design has gotten very much um uh, interested in interaction design, in service design, in business design. Mm -hmm. um, and all of these things really um, have to come together for any design project to be to be interesting, to be successful in the world. Um, actually, the master's program that I founded uh, now seven years ago um, teaches all different kinds of design in quite a radically multidisciplinary way. Um, but I really feel that that's necessary these days. You can't just design a thing. You need to be thinking about its social media strategy, you mm. need to be thinking about its business model, you need to be thinking about the sharing economy, what happens um, if, if somebody puts a plan on instructables.com to build something like it. Uh, so mm -hmm. you need to be aware of all of these different channels and different modalities for design uh, right from the get-go. So an um, interesting point, Alan, because it, it, on one hand you're pointing, you're painting a picture of designers, and you're saying this lovingly so, and in the first person, as, as a unique uh, set of characteristics, right? Quirky, yep. uh, unique, talented, <laughs> strategic. Um, and you can say that, of course, across a lot of suites of, of, uh, of skill sets. Um, sure. Since we're pinning today's conversation on design and source at, at CES, that is a congregation point, a confluence of certainly designers, but also entrepreneurs and innovators, the inventors you mentioned, um, tech-centric minds who know a what a product should do or should be, but need to make it physical, tangible, build it at scale. Um, what do you see when these groups meet each other? Um, I know you've written to some degree about designers and engineers and their interfaces, and um, you know both for for good and for bad. Um, sure, I, mean, I think there's often like the stereotype that there are you know diff, you know cross purposes. Um, although I think that you know that's a probably more of a media story than the actual truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a designer uh, has to wear lots of hats. We actually have courses in the program around uh, venture capital. Um, we have four business courses. Um, so this this notion of entrepreneurship is is very real, and the and, and the rules around entrepreneurship these days are very bizarre rules. Um, once venture capital comes into the development of a product, um, that product um, is developed in different under different circumstances. Um, there is a there is a, a runway in terms of how quickly something has to be developed, a level uh, to use your term of scale that it has to reach, or it's just sort of no go. Um, when we think about interaction design and uh, the design of apps or platforms or services. Uh, things really, really speed up in this way. 
Um, and that's why you see this incredible startup culture. If we bring it back to actual three-dimensional products, uh, industrial design is just so hard. There's just materials and processes and supply chain and labor practices and toxicity and regulatory. You know, if something plugs into the wall, um, it's it, there are rules. If something plugs into a person, my background is actually in medical design, surgical instruments, diagnostic equipment, you know, FDA approval. There are years of approval process built into the development right, of a medical right. device, for instance. And those years take a lot of money. They take a lot of lawyers. They take a lot of um, policy people. And so everything is just incredibly complex when you think about actually putting an object into the world. Um, I think interaction design in some ways uh, is a little less scary. Graphic design may be less scary still. Um, but really, I, in some sense, as I was saying before, all design is all design. You need to be thinking about it all at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to frame the problem um, strategically and as narrowly as possible in the beginning is really the key to, to having a successful, you know, a chance at success here. Well, that's interesting, Alan, because it, it, in in one sense it seems a bit at odds with uh, seemingly the mantra of uh, the design program there at SVA, which is, uh, in short, and I'm paraphrasing, we want to get messy right away. Um, now, I know there's a much more nuanced message in there, but could you draw that out a little bit in terms of what that approach means to you um, as a strategy to for teaching designers and then um, applying that strategy in the work field? Oh, such a great question. Uh, yeah, actually, seven years ago, um, I made a poster and put it up in the classroom, and it's still in the same spot, and it says, no prototype, no meeting. Um, and the <laughs> idea is that if you have a meeting, and this is, this is not just for designers. This is, frankly, for anybody. If you're uh -huh. going to have a meeting, the price to walk into that meeting is to bring something to the meeting, a piece of research maybe that you don't agree with, um, uh, a prototype in the form of, of a sketch or um, a paragraph that you've written out, maybe like a sort of a press release from the future. What do you want the project you're working on to, you know, to sound like? I mean, really, a even a list of things you don't want to do um, rather than nothing. Um, and so what I say to the students and the faculty is if you're in a meeting and the agenda of the meeting is what should we do, then walk out of that meeting. Hmm. It's like the price to enter it is to actually bring something to the meeting. Um, and this really kicks off this notion of prototyping, um, you know, early and often, um, something that uh, the STEAM design from IDEO uh, talks about, popularizes um, all the time. And it's really the best advice at all. Making making something in any way real uh, versus talking about something is just so much better. Um, it allows you to put something in some in front of somebody's face. You know, interaction designers will do a lot of paper prototyping. We'll actually design apps on Post-it notes and flip through them on paper. And you can get a lot of user feedback when you show somebody because everybody understands what a screen essentially is, and they understand that they click on things and that there might be buttons or words or icons. In the, in the form of a physical prototype, you can put something in somebody's hands and maybe they like the way it feels or they like the way it looks or they put it down on the table upside down. You're like, but that's upside down. They're like, well, I, I don't know that. That's what this form tells me how to put it down. So you can really learn anything with a prototype uh, where you can learn almost nothing by just sort of talking about stuff. <laughs> well, uh, so this is, this is honestly like useful for anybody in any business. I actually um, finally wrote an article about this no prototype, no meeting um, recently uh, and published it. Uh, and um, the, the idea here is that you would actually change the word meeting 
to the word review, um, arguing that if you went to something, let's say that you had a review at three o'clock today, um, you'd look pretty silly arriving empty-handed to something uh, called a review. It's in the word, right? <laughs> right, right. Versus a meeting. Uh, so I actually um, changed, I downloaded an autocorrect for my browser um, and for my iOS. Uh, so I literally couldn't type the word meeting for seven months. It would automatically <laughs> change into the word review, right? It's rather self-torturous, um, yes. And when you type the word review, or when the computer fixes it to so review, you start to think, well, hold on, well, why am I actually calling a meeting? Uh, Alan, narrowing this down a little bit to the technology sector specifically, yes. uh, what are your overarching thoughts about the needs, the the most important elements of design when you're dealing with technology products? Also, such a great question. Um, I have a quick answer to that, which is that everything has to be considered as a platform. Um, there's nothing really that's just an app anymore. Um, even if it is an app, there's a dashboard somewhere where people are looking at the results or taking action on um, the aggregate of what's happening, the behaviors on that app. Um, there's often a desktop client. There may be an Internet of Things, an IoT object, uh, maybe coded in Arduino, um, that's actually a smart object in your home, in your office, that's also reacting um, to data sets of information that might be input through sensors or through people using an app or if they're you know running or jogging. Um, so we think about everything as a platform and that we also think about inputs and outputs, uh, that what does somebody do and what is the result of that action? Alan, final question mm-hmm. for you. So what is your very brief guidance for the innovators, the entrepreneurs who are coming to CES and looking for designs and sourcing that, that next critical element to get their products, their, their ideas, their dreams into market? when you're talking about how you design something? Uh, two things. Never give up, um, which I think <laughs> is also good advice for, for everybody. Amen. Um, and, and stop talking. Um, so if you pitch an idea to somebody and they say, well, you know, that can't be done, um, don't talk. Don't argue with them. Um, if you just stay silent, they'll say, well, I mean, you just can't do that because, you know, well, actually – well, hold on. Oh, I know. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I have exactly. Oh, I know exactly how we can do this. And you're like, how we can do this, right? And yeah, all of a yeah. sudden, it's their project too. Mm-hmm. Um, engineers, designers, tech people—they love a challenge. And so, um, part of a designer's job is to push things, right? Is to come up with things that might be impossible, but might be possible. And so immediately you're really in the human being relationship business. You're not talking about technology at all. It's really important to, you know, listen and to to talk less than you listen. Yeah, I think that's excellent. And it's something that innovators, I think, embody um, throughout the process. to say that Alan Chachanoff exudes passion for design <laughs> is a bit of an understatement. I'm pretty excited about this. Absolutely. <laughs> Alan yeah, is thrilling, a, thrilling to talk to you about it. Today. Alan is partner at Core 77 and chair of the Masters in Fine Arts and Products of Design at the School of Visual Arts in New York City. Alan, a real pleasure to have you with us. And uh, reminder, open invitation to come see us in Las Vegas at CES. Absolutely. It's been too long. We'll, we'll see you there. Joining us now is the general manager of Alibaba.com, Kuo Zhang. And Kuo, the Alibaba name is 
so well-known globally, and you're heading into your 20th year since launching. How has Alibaba.com evolved in the B2B space specifically since all the way back in 1999? Thank you for asking the question. We are excited about our upcoming 20th anniversary this year. So also it's already past 20 years. Our mission remains the same. And we want to say it more specifically at this time to make it easy to do business anywhere in this digital era. So we would like to digitalize everything to make this global trading more easily. So how to say that? So we can see through this uh, 20 years, many things changed. First, our supplier started from zero to over 170,000. It's not only from China, but it's also from another 100 countries. So a lot of suppliers, it's a global sell, global buy business. The second part is that we are now transform our business from sourcing to trading. So 19 years ago, actually, Alibaba.com is a listing platform for suppliers to list their uh, product and do online sourcing. And now we are saying we are from sourcing to trading is we want to digitalize the entire customer journey. So meaning the customers, the suppliers and the sellers should only focus on their business and we can manage the rest, including all the translation for communication, for logistics, for custom clearance, for the foreign exchange, and you can name it. So our mission stays the same, but we want to digitize everything so we can make our business simple and easy. Thank you. Your company's mission is awfully succinct, and I'm quoting now, make it easy to do business anywhere. So how does Alibaba.com find the efficiencies in partnerships and, and the reach to leverage that global marketplace? We define ourselves as a platform to enable our customers to do business online. So to do all the transactions, actually, we partner with a lot of uh, fintech companies, banking systems. When we do transportation, actually, we work with a lot of uh, uh, logistic companies, vendors, to let all the suppliers meet with uh, buyers. Actually, we partner with CES as well. We bring a lot of uh, customers, suppliers with us together all over the world to CES and to demonstrate their cutting-edge technology to the world. We also partner with CES to digitalize all this content. So for the buyers who cannot participate, can reach them online. And we can let more people to understand and to see the power of this technology demonstrated in CES. I, I think we have a lot of partners to work together. All right, Quo, I'd like to quote you, if I may. You have said, quoting here, we are focused on what we call global buy, global sell. We want to see trade between all countries, end quote. So what's the current state of play there? Our founder, Jack Ma, introduced the idea of an electronic world trade platform, EWTP, to share the benefits of globalization with SMEs worldwide. The EWTPT refers to technology, trade, travel, and training. So our platform, Alibaba.com, focusing to make the trade easy everywhere in this world. So in the last 20 years, actually, we already enabled suppliers and buyers from 
over 190 countries, and each year, actually tens of thousands of buyers is buying and sourcing stuff from one over 170,000 suppliers on our platform daily basis. So we should say we already made some progress in this global sell, global buy strategy, and we still have a long way to go. This year, we established our New York team in U.S., especially to help all the buyers in U.S. and also to enable the sellers in U.S. to sell all over the world. And also, we are very proactively to search for partners to work together or help all the SMEs all over the world to do business easy in U.S. and all over the world. All right. Alibaba.com touts its flexibility, right, including sourcing from your mobile phone. And just this past June, you said that 54% of your web traffic was mobile and that 40% of your buyers used a mobile phone. So at Alibaba.com, where do you see this trend going? The mobile users are continuing to grow. So as you said, now more than half of the buyers is using mobile phone to do their daily work. You can see a lot of professional buyers are still using PC in the daily life, but also they are using mobile as an omni-channel approach. We providing multiple uh, applications like real-time translation. It's not only in text message. Now we're providing real-time translation in video conference. You can check it out in CES stage. And also we can see that trading is uh, enabling by mobile as well. A lot of uh, buyers now paying the suppliers through mobile. And uh, also we can see there's a lot of uh, new things coming out like all these uh, 360 degrees of views and buyers actually are checking out of uh, suppliers factories, suppliers manufacturer process and the logistics through mobile as well. All right, at CES, Design and Source connects brands to buyers. The show offers design, sourcing, packaging companies from all across the globe. So what are you specifically looking for there? Is it connections? Is it synergy? Is it something else? Uh, last year, I and uh, the chairman of CTA, Garo Shapiro, we have a grateful meeting together to discuss this opportunity, how we can synergy together. So from last year, we can see uh, many opportunities. The first of all, we are happy to introduce a lot of our customers to CES to enable them to meet more buyers and see more technologies. And most importantly, we would like to digitalize all this uh, CES content, shows, and technologies online. So all these uh, companies who is supported by Alibaba.com and the CES can meet millions of buyers online. What we see is that from last year in CES design sourcing showcase, so how the suppliers in this showcase actually their online traffic grow 10 times compared with their average time. So because of the brand of CES and also because we digitalize all of their content online so they can attract more potential buyers online. So I think it's a win-win for both parties, and it's a kind of a great victory for online and offline combined together. All right, outside of the design and source scope, what are you looking for at CES 2019? Anything specific in terms of a vertical or a platform technology that you envision supporting your company's global strategy? 
Consumer electronics is a very important category for us, and the CES actually sets a tone for the new and emerging technology trends. So we are excited to、uh, participate in CES. In addition to the design and source sh- showcase, Alibaba.com as a technology company, we are demonstrating a lot of new technologies in the central hall as well. You can meet us there to see how we can incorporate AI. Virtual reality and blockchain in daily usage, and how we leverage all this new technology to redefine and transform the global trade for millions of global SMEs. Kuo Zhang is general manager at Alibaba.com. Kuo, thank you so much for your time, and we'll see you at CES. Thank you, and see you there. All right. Next time on CES Tech Talk, we are talking all things CES. I don't know how to say it any more plainly than that. Our guests will be experts on the world's biggest, most influential tech event. Both the CTA leaders who put together the show and know the ins and outs of the innovations and the exhibitors who will be on hand, and also one exhibiting company that has been with CES since day one, fifty years later. Panasonic has really transformed.、Um, we are、uh, for 100 years. Panasonic has developed new technologies for one simple reason: to move us all toward a better life and a better world. And of course, we are here to help you be CES ready. So download the CES app. You can build your personal agenda, find your favorite exhibitors and speakers, and also sync in real time across your devices. And new this year. You can connect to your LinkedIn account and see which connections of yours are also at CES. The big show is January 8th through the 11th in Las Vegas. The information you need is at ces.tech. As always, none of this is remotely possible without our true stars: our producer Tina Anthony and our engineer John Lindsay. You all are the best. I'm Tyler Suiters. We're glad you're with us. Let's talk tech again soon.